welcome to the Racing Collective GB Duro Pilgrim Podcast, episode one, uh, day minus one. I'm just riding over from Falmouth where I stayed last night with um, a couple of friends of mine from uh, uni, that's where I went to university, um, and um, I thought I'd go down a bit early, get acclimatised to the uh, you know, the hot uh, coastal environment and uh, just have a nice leisurely day to um, to slowly kind of ride over to the start at Land's End. Um, the race is Land's End to John O'Groats, which is a classic um, thing to do in the UK. It's the southernmost point or the, the most southwesterly point of the United Kingdom up to the f- kind of the furthest northeasterly point that you can realistically um, access without a boat. So it's kind of the longest point-to-point route you can do in the UK. And um, the twist for GB Duro is that it's mostly off-road. Um, it's a network of gravel tracks and um, very, very small roads and forest roads and things um, connected by lanes where, where necessary. The idea is that it's as much off-road as possible. 2,000-ish kilometres, just, just shy of 2,000 kilometres, and it's a fixed route that's been put together by uh, a few people, I can't remember exactly um, who has done it, but Mostyn, who is organising this race, has been part of that. Um, and uh, it's going to be released as a, a route that anyone can do um, in its own right called GB Divide, um, kind of inspired by the um, Continental Divide in America which is what's used for the Tour Divide race. Um, so in that sense, the GB Duro race is sort of our equivalent of the Tour Divide, although smaller and probably wetter, drizzlier, more British. Um, so I'll leave it there for now while I just finish off my ice cream. Um, out at St Michael's Mount, um, which is quite a cool landmark on the south coast of Cornwall, um, very much similar to Mont Saint-Michel in France, like a kind of big castle on a little island sticking out to sea. It's pretty dramatic and the weather, let me just tell you, is absolutely stunning, like it could not be a more incredible day. So, feeling quite lucky about that at the moment. Obviously, it doesn't count until we're really actually doing the race, but let's, I'm just so hopeful that it's going to stay like this. Anyway, I'm going to head over to Land's End where all of the riders are um, congregating. We're going to go for some beers on the beach tonight, and then we're going to go for a meal in the pub which is called the, fast, the first and last pub, um, because depending on which way you approach it, it's either the first pub in the country or the last pub in the country, really close to Land's End. 
um, stay in the youth hostel tonight and then uh, we're all going to congregate for the start at uh, 8 o'clock tomorrow morning and then we'll be off. So I just thought I'd add a couple of points about the GB Duro race, um, which I kind of forgot to explain. Um, it's called GB Duro uh, because it's a play on um, a format of bike racing called Enduro, which um, I think started, it's really a mountain bike thing. Um, and it's where the race is split up into timed segments so whereas something like transcontinental although it has checkpoints the clock doesn't stop between you starting and finishing on gb duro there are four stages each one separated by a checkpoint i.e stage one uh, ends at checkpoint one and um it's only that each segment which is timed so when you get to the end of the segment the clock stops and you can chill out maybe um, have a beer maybe have a sleep um, and you can kind of have a, a good little break in theory you can spend as long as you want but then I think there's also a cutoff time at the end of the race. I'll have to clarify that with uh, Miles later. But um, that's the format which is kind of different to anything I've done before um, and it's split up into roughly 500 kilometre stages um, which is if you were going to take it very seriously and try and really race it which I'm not saying that's what I'm going to do necessarily but if you were you could potentially do your 500 kilometers without sleep and then sleep at the uh, at the checkpoint at the end of the stage so I think that's what the the serious riders will be doing. Um, the checkpoints are all kind of fairly remote places, they're not really in towns or cities and there's not really much there at each one. It tends to be a campsite with I think a couple of them have food, you know, like someone's cooking some food there for you and you get slightly looked after. Um, the first one, the first stage goes from Land End up through uh, southwest England, um, Exmoor, probably Dartmoor, I'm guessing this, I'm not really looking at a map or notes or anything, this is just from memory. And then it goes up through, um, kind of through Bristol and through and into Wales. Hang on, I'm just going to have to do a bit of navigation here. Um, so, so that's stage one, and then stage two 
goes up through Wales and into the north of England. And the checkpoint is in the north of England, a tiny little place somewhere. I think that's Garrigill. And then the next stage goes from there up into Scotland um, to Fort Augustus. And then the final stage is from there up through the real kind of des desolate, um, empty waste, well not wasteland, but, um, wilderness of the north kind of highlands up to John O'Groats. So yeah, it should be easy, right? Um, I'm just a couple of kilometers away from Sennan Beach now, which is a place I know well, I've been there many a time. And I'm gonna join up with a couple of the, the guys who are already there enjoying a couple of frosty beers, I think. Just uh, had a delightful couple of hours down on the beach. Um, turned up and there were a few riders there already tucking in some beers um, and uh, yeah as the sun started to go down over the sea just perfect evening beautiful blue skies um, just like chilling out got straight into like some bike chat it's just brilliant you meet these people for the first time some of these guys and uh, just got instant geeky kind of bike stuff to talk about and like shared experiences different rides that you've done and things like that so great fun and then um kind of the excitement of uh lachlan morton turning up and his film crew did like a little interview with them it's just um yeah it seems a bit surreal to be honest it didn't really expect them to actually turn up he's here getting involved standing around on the beach chatting to people um yeah just can't quite believe that's actually happened and uh really interesting to hear what his um kind of film crew guys uh had to say about you know his chances and what he might struggle with and how he's going to get on so um yeah good fun let's start here now people turning up there's uh, a nice little gathering of people and bikes down here uh, sun's come out in force. It's a beautiful, beautiful morning, and uh, yeah, just the the nervous few moments before the start. Now we've got about uh, ten minutes before we all set off. Um, everyone's just buzzing around, taking photos, and uh, there's drones buzzing around. Uh, it's uh, yeah, general sense of nervous anticipation in the air um, everyone's kind of doing what you always do at these things just kind of nervously checking everyone else's bikes seeing what kit they've got and uh, comparing it to what you've got kind of freaking out about choices you made but uh, you've got to accept what you've got and uh, and go for it at this stage so there's nothing you can do um, we've been given our brevet cards and uh, wristbands taking our time stamp photos um, yeah I'm feeling nervous <laughs> I'm feeling nervous but it's super exciting as well it's just mad um, it's really weird to think that this little thing that we came up with or Mostyn came up with and uh, you know we chatted about it and now all these people have turned up to do it 
It's quite surreal, really. So, uh, yeah. Ten minutes and we'll be off. I'm just going to record a bit of audio, if that's all right. Yeah. I've been um, doing some little audio recordings and putting them out as podcasts, which has worked quite well. Yeah. It's been fun. Oh, cut. Yeah, the start was quite mad, wasn't it? Uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, like... I didn't want it to be overly organised, but at the same time, it was like 10 minutes late. I was like, shit. Yeah. And then... Stuff it's to all do. over the place, really. Yeah. And then getting everyone to line up. Well, I think it worked perfectly because we left. It would have been only a couple of minutes after eight. Yeah, exactly. Like, so to, as much as possible, I just wanted it all to like follow the script. Yeah. So, because you know, sort of start as means go on. I think Philip always wants to kind of keep it flexible, and like, I'm kind of a stickler for. Yeah, like. You gotta get the Everyone's balance, don't you? Same page, so, yeah. You know, but you know, everyone. No there, it's eight o'clock. Like, go. Yeah, I mean, everyone made it to the start. Hope so. Everyone got their cards and uh, sweatbands, and everyone set off together. So, yeah, we'll see how I can. Unfold. I think it went well. But yeah, like the feeling was exactly what I hoped for. It's just like that feeling of like, oh sort my of, god. Straight. Yeah. But like, also the fact that you're sharing it with these people that also think this is a good idea. Yes. And especially because no one knows how it's going to be like, like what it's going to be like. It's just amazing like that, that anyone kind of turned up, isn't it? It's like, you know, you, you kind of come up with an idea for something and tell people about it and then, yeah. lo and behold, and the format a load of people turn up. The format, it's much easier to do point to point, you know, and just not do the stages. Yeah. Uh, Personally, I, I love the stages. It makes it very interesting. I've never done anything like that before. Yeah, but like the old Enduro. tour comparisons. <coughs> I told you, I sent you that comparison. Yeah. Six stages, 500k a stage. Yeah. Travel, self-support. That's exactly what this is, yeah. It's just a different country, Europe. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that's kind of, that's what I wanted to say. Like, yeah, go go back to the roots of the, yeah, like, the Tour they de France. Yeah, along the way. They, yeah. they made it a team sport. <laughs> I'm reporting uh, in with another update from another cycle path. It's exactly the same kind of thing. Nice family friendly completely flat, uh, quite smooth cycle path, um, somewhere en route uh, in Devon now, across over the border, first county ticked off, I'm now in Devon, um, I am 25 kilometres away from the end of the first GPS track, which is 
kind of irrelevant other than it's just a nice milestone and it finishes in Great Torrington which is a relatively big town uh, I'll be able to get some nice hot food there that's the plan I think I'm going to arrive at about 8 o'clock tonight 12 hours riding um, and 200 kilometres so that's the plan and then the plan is also to then keep going um, so grab some food and then keep riding into the night from there and just see if I can get all the way through um, I'm not sure why I particularly want to do that um, other than it was the solstice yesterday the longest day of the year so consequently it's the shortest night so there's probably only about four hours of darkness maybe five so it's kind of an easy one relatively to get through um, and I kind of just like the idea for this first stage at least to see if I can just do it all in one go um, having said that as I've been going along my attitude to it has changed a little bit because I've realised that it's, it's actually more important to me to get some good photos along the way and to be able to document it in a in a compelling way so I've made sure I've stopped plenty of times to uh, to try and get some good photos not sure if I've actually achieved that yet but um, I've kind of set that out to myself that I'm not trying to like it doesn't really matter to me where I come rankings wise you know in each of these stages and I think there's enough of a buffer time each one for me to be able to kind of take my time to some extent and still be able to get there in enough time to probably make the mass start from each checkpoint and also to make the finishes party at the end so that's my plan um, just making sure I get my priorities right and uh, I will check in a bit later on holy shit <laughs> uh, so a couple of seconds ago I'm just going down this tiny country lane and the evening's kind of drawing in big hedgerows each side and small kind of overhanging trees creating a little bit of a tunnel sort of effect and I just heard a rustling up next to me in one of the trees and a huge bird of prey of some kind probably a buzzard um, swept down <laughs> almost took me out and then it, he was flying like about two feet away from my head 
just stuff in front of me to the left for a few seconds and then he peeled away but I could like to see every little detail on his body, his claws and his real intricate feathers around where his feet were and stuff. Oh, it was mental. That was cool. Just uh, stopped for kebab at the charcoal grill in uh, Great Torrington. Hear the sounds of the charcoal grill. Oh, you're looking at the tracker? Yeah. Haven't looked at it yet. What's going on? I think he's he's quite good. Oh yeah, Lachlan. Yeah, he's quite far ahead, isn't he? Yeah, he's like he's done a bit dumb, but it's not ready. Half past 12 on Saturday night, and naturally, uh, instead of boogieing in a disco tech, I'm uh, cycling along a lane in uh, pitch darkness, uh, sniffing. Um, I've been feeling a little bit rough tonight and I've, I'm taking the approach of trying to keep going at a steady pace so that uh, <coughs> trying to just keep going at a steady pace uh, it's like half twelve Saturday night or slash Sunday morning technically or well, technically it's um actually Sunday morning I think you'll find um is that right yeah yeah it is uh I indulged myself a few seconds to look at the tracker see where everyone is and I was very surprised to see myself in fifth place, just in behind Philippa, who is a very, very strong competitor, having done such rides as Silk Road Mountain Race recently. Um, and uh, ahead of her, uh, Angus, 
um, Fraser, someone else, and then about 100k ahead of everyone else, uh, Lachlan, of course, as predicted now. As much as I've said, I'm going to take it easy and make sure I take photos, that's the priority. Um, once you realise how you're stacking up against everyone else, uh, you know, it kind of gives you an idea of how you can do. So I think even making sure I stop to take photos, I'm feeling pretty strong and managing to keep up quite a good pace, even being fairly conservative-ish. Uh, and obviously when you see like your top five, um, you know, now I feel like I'm actually in a race and I should push it at least to this first checkpoint see how well I can do so what I really want to do is push through these few hours of darkness try and get through to the morning um, have like a micro nap followed by a Red Bull or a coffee one for cabinet crew there and um, see if that can get me through the rest of tomorrow and I should be able to get to the first checkpoint i.e. the end of the first stage tomorrow sort of tomorrow afternoon I think unless I've got my calculations horribly wrong um, but yeah I want to I want to race really I want to push this and take nice photos. Uh, issues worrying me at the moment, there are always issues worrying me. My left leg warm is slipping down. That never happens, but I put them on the wrong way around, so that's probably why. I've got a case of slightly chilly knee as a result. Uh, the front tyre is a bit soft and I think what's happened is um, a bit of tyre chat here uh, for the tyre aficionados. Um, I think what has happened is uh, you get a bit of air leakage coming out uh, when you go over some of the the loft lane so um, it just kind of burps out like a little burp and I think that's what's happened here so the issue is I normally run the Pirellis and this time I've gone for the WTB uh, Riddler and um, it's a slightly uh, harder compound, but uh, it's quite hard to seed on the limb, and um, consequently, um, 
some of the air may have leaked out whilst tackling some of the harder gravel sections oh, I've gone the wrong way uh, I'm scared to try and add um, oh, let me just correct my course a bit scared to add in air into the tyre because when I tried to do that to the rear one it uh, basically destroyed the tubeless setup and the tyre just went down. Oh, flipping heck, where am I supposed to go here? This looks like it could be some savage gravel section. Okay, what the fuck's going on here? Don't like the look of this, I've got to say. Oh, here it is. Nah, 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 we're alright. It's... It's gravel. It's dark. Um, this could be interesting. Right. Wish me luck here. <laughs> oh, God. So, I'm going to try this gravel section in the dark, and... Um, if it's not going too well, then at least it looks like a really nice place to camp. So, uh, yeah, I'll keep you updated on what's going on here. It's um, half past 11 tonight, first night. So I've been going for 15 hours. Um, Just stopped to uh, put on my leg warmers because it's getting a bit chilly, um, and I'm knackered as well. So I'm having a bit of a rest, a little bit of a breather, and uh, getting something useful done at the same time, which is generally the case really whenever you stop you want to try and look for a few different sort of things a few different jobs to do at the same time um, oh my Socks are covered in sand from being on the beach the night before the race died. Um, so I hung around a bit in um, Torrington after the after we'd eaten some food. I got a nice chicken kebab and I got a spare extra burger. Just stashed uh, in my bag for later. Just top tip. So I've got food with me if I want to keep riding later on into the night. Um, and I, yeah, I hung around there a bit to wait for the two wheels. 
but I, uh, I think they're both called Will. One of them is definitely called Will. Uh, who uh, I went to the kebab shop with. Um, and uh, one of the whales was having some knee problems. So we rode out together and kept to stop fairly, fairly soon after that. And then me and the other whale carried on and it was nice because it's just it's good to have someone to chat to especially when you're kind of riding into the night um, it just attracts you um, and makes the time go by a bit quicker it's just nice turns out he's a graphic designer as well so chat about that chat about bikes and Bristol and stuff where he lives. Just quite quite a nice way to spend the evening really and then um, he decided to stop to get his head down, get some sleep. And I was feeling good literally until I kind of left him really. And uh, I started feeling decidedly not so good and um, I've got a thing that happens which I've never actually worked out never had it checked out I think it could be exercise induced asthma um, basically after like a long day of riding um, kind of get uh, yeah. I don't know if you could have heard all that, the microphone's been hidden away. I get a tight chest a little bit and kind of short of breath I suppose, like I can't quite breathe in and then when I do breathe in fully it makes me feel a bit sick. That's the best way I can describe it. And just have this sometimes it happens you know there's no real like pattern to when it happens that I've been able to work out um, I'm just putting on my little reflective harness anyway those sort of symptoms were, were starting to kick off it was horrible. I think I was struggling to sort of digest that kebab as well. High quality kebab though, you know, sheesh. Sort of nice bits of chicken. It's just what I it's just what I needed really. Um, anyway, all in all, that left me feeling um, just basically. No, I'm going to put my big gloves on, mate. Am I? Oh God, no! I'll just carry on for a bit. That left me just feeling uh, just horrible, really, and um, it's quite hard to. Sort of keep up momentum and then started feeling a bit 
a little bit sleepy as well. Uh, it's dark, it's getting quite cold. It's, um, yeah, one of the, the least pleasant parts of this, really. I feel like if I'm going to be stopping this long, I should just go to bed. I want to go to midnight, at least. Okay, let's see how this pans out. Oh, one cool thing in the um, kebab shop, I looked at the tracker, and I uh, was a little bit further up the field than than I thought, so that's cool. Okay, we're on the camel trail now, which is something I've been looking forward to all morning, especially after the um, the whole single track debacle. This is basically like a family cycle path. As I speak, there's um, a little family coming past here. <laughs> Thank you. Cheers. With the little girl with her pram, mum on crutches. That's the kind of vibe, basically. And uh, you know, it's a nice vibe. The sun's still out. It's uh, dappling across the, the very, very compacted and light gravel surface, which is basically like a, a nice little private road um, without any cars on it. Uh, it goes along next to a river and with the river camel, in fact, and it is an old railway line. And those two facts mean that it's flat which is another great factor about it and another great factor is there are little cafes and stuff along it um, I, it's just um, a really nice kind of ledger trail um, so that's wonderful um, we've done 110k which has taken just over six hours, 18 kilometers an hour average speed. Quite a bit less than you'd expect uh, if you were doing this ride on the road. But that's what I'm having to adjust to. Having said that, most of today really has been on the road um, and little lanes. So I suppose that's been a bit faster than, uh, than it might have been. Um, I've uh, been riding for the past hour or so with Meg Pugh, um, who I kind of knew her name and I thought it was her before she introduced herself. Um, I may have seen her doing a talk before. Anyway, she was lovely. She's done lots of big rides. She did the TCR last year. Um, which I also did, but uh, didn't know her then and I didn't, didn't meet her on it. Um, but uh, yeah, it's nice to kind of ride with someone for a bit and have a little chat. She crashed into the back of a car at one point, which was slightly alarming. I was right behind her, so I w watched the whole thing kind of happen in slow motion. Uh, and she's been finding it quite funny when she's come across me set, setting up my little tripod to take a photo of myself riding past, which does look a bit daft, but I think she appreciates, you know, 
be taking photos of the ride. Um, and the other thing that happened which was cool was the guy came out on his bike and uh, he was just a local guy who had heard about GB Duro and looked at the tracker and come out and found some people to ride with and have a little chat and find out what it was all about. He was like, oh, he found this on the internet last night and they thought he'd just come out and have a little ride. I might do it next year. I'm on the mailing list, I am. Looks like you're going to be going up through England in a minute. That was great. Got all the local <clears throat> insider knowledge on what, uh, what sort of terrain was coming up, what the weather was going to be doing. It was great. It lifts the spirits a bit. That sort of stuff happens. Right. Um, yeah, so I'm just going to poodle on down this this, um, this trail. When I say poodle, obviously I mean race at breakneck speeds in a high octane manner. That's what I mean. In fairness, I haven't stopped very much. I I'm tracking my, keeping track of my uh, moving time versus my paused time uh, because that's pretty much what these kinds of things are all about. And you know, let's work out where I'm going. Right, cool. Um, I've been riding for just over six hours now, and I've paused for 24 minutes during that time. That I reckon that's a pretty good ratio, especially when you consider. Um, I've been taking photos, stopping you know, to take photos along the way. Um, yeah, so it is slow going, and um, I think you know, the more gravel that we encounter, the, uh, the harder it's going to be. I think I've just gone the wrong way. It's quite hard on your hands, your bum everything really. Um, shoulders. Oh, I think I've actually gone the wrong way. Right, better stop this recording really. Oh, typical, just gone down a big hill. I'm going to turn around. Why did I do that? Okay, you join the action in uh, 65 kilometers into day one. We've been going for midday about four hours, three and a half, four hours ish, and um, I've just been slowly making my way up through Cornwall. Um, let me reposition this mic so it's uh, a bit of a better place. Yeah, about four hours in. Um, and uh, the start was extremely exciting. Loads and loads of people there and uh, 
everyone was really nervous and excited um, and then we kind of lined up had a photo and then we were off um, the first section was so hard it was like not even gravel it was just uh, you know like a hiking sort of trail um, that was just at times completely unrideable and, and everyone was having to get off and push their bikes up this across this uh, kind of peat bog type landscape with a, a path really gouged in deep into the, the mud so you had these big huge um, kind of banks on each side that you just catch your pedals on and it was it was like my worst nightmare really uh, and fortunately you know those sections always come to an end and then there'll be a bit of road and that comes as a real relief it's nice to kind of have have it mixed up like that um, but yeah at the end of that I had a chat with Mostyn who's uh, kind of organizing this thing and he was saying, yeah, he doesn't want it to be like that. That's not really his idea of, of what's a fun ride and how it should be. You know, the off-road sections ideally are a lot more, a lot faster, less technical, less tricky and require less getting off your bike and maneuvering your bike around obstacles and stuff. So that was good to hear because I was kind of thinking, man, it's going to be like this for 10 days, uh, which would be horrific. But yeah, now, after that little section, I've had a couple of really lovely, swoopy kind of gravel roads really fast through some old mines and old um, derelicts churches and things that was a cool part um, and we've just been going through absolutely typical Cornish country lanes really for the past hour or so lots and lots of hills as you can hear going up on now um, and as you'd expect gradually the the field has kind of uh, dispersed so I've been on my own really for the past hour or so um, and no doubt I'll come across someone at some point maybe at a shop or something um, yes yeah, dispersed there's a good portion at the start where we were on these little gravel footpaths and everyone was together and it was just hilarious because he yeah, had Lachlan Morton kind of riding on the front just absolutely surreal and there was one moment when we were me and Mostyn were going up a, uh, a little climb which was like a tiny country lane but almost to the point where it was a track and it was just us two and then we had Lachlan just in front of us in full Rafa EF education team kit climbing up this climb <laughs> it was just so weird but uh, so great so that's it so far I'm feeling tired 
I'm feeling, I think I've got over it now, but I was feeling quite a bit in shock after that technical single track section and uh, kind of fearing the worst really. But uh, yeah, it's really picked up since then. The weather's still absolutely gorgeous and has shown absolutely no signs of deteriorating yet. So it's all good. I've just bought a spa. I might nip in there, get some fluids because it is, uh, it is hot. 